You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I got to wonder, is this a game of chicken? Because obviously uh, when you have election results that you don't like in a close election, you know, you're always suspicious of the enemy, the other side, the, the competitor. I remember when uh, Trump won, of course, we were suspicious given uh, the Russian intervention. We had good reason to be suspicious. They were intervening. They were trying very hard to help him win. Uh, there were stories of them being able to hack into some voting machines. And I remember, uh, I forget the name of the machines that were being used back then, but there was a question of a certain set of those machines that were by made by a corporation that donated money to the Republican Party. Do you remember? So there were there were uh, conspiracy theories floating around uh, by the Democrats regarding how Trump pulled that minuscule victory off. The difference was pretty big, though, namely that there was literally international interference. It was courted by Trump, and he squeaked by with an electoral college win based on three states. Um, I mean, with, with with a total of, what was it, 72,000 votes or something between Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, while losing the uh, popular vote by more than 3 million. Well, whereas now, uh, you know, he's losing by 5.3 million currently. That's just going to keep going up. Trump is in the popular vote. And although they're certainly squeaking by some states, there are multiple ways he lost this uh, particular election because – of the the nuances of Georgia, Arizona mixed with Nevada, you you pair you know Nevada's gone. That's that's not even going to end up being close enough to argue. But you, if you pair Arizona with Nevada, he loses. If you pair, I mean, even without Pennsylvania, even without Pennsylvania, if you pair Arizona with Nevada, Trump loses. If you pair Georgia with Nevada, Trump loses. Even without Pennsylvania, but he's got to hold on to Wisconsin, and that was twenty thousand votes, and that's going to do a recount. So. I guess it's similar. I mean, and obviously the electoral college count's going to be the same, 306 each of them. So that's similar. But the point is, uh, unlike f- four years ago, I mean, the party that won um, with 306 and some squeaker states trounced in the popular vote. So additionally, unlike four years ago, I mean, that Trump lost states that he won. You know, he lost Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan that he won. He lost Georgia and Arizona that he won. So there's a clear mandate in that, that the country came out. As many Trump voters that came out to support him again, the country came out to say, no, 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 no. And that clearly is what happened here. But you can talk yourself blue in the face about why this is an election that people should let go and just move on. Uh, The question is this. The problem I have is this. Is this a tug of war or is this a game of chicken? You know, I I used to think of uh, the Democrats and the Republicans as sort of two sides of the same coin. And at the end, they're they're together because they're on the same coin. And they they, together, they, they make a quarter. And you buy something with them together. Uh, They are opposite sides in ways, but they are still the same coin. And or you could talk of it as a tug of of war where they're, 
you know, pulling and pulling, but there's a there's a middle tension ground, uh, mid zone. And on some issues, the one side wins, on others, the other side wins, and they get up and they shake hands and they say, good fight, let's move on. But now I feel like it's more like a game of chicken, which is to say um, each side is going to one-up uh, and threaten and be angry and paint the other side as a villain. And whoever loses is um, obviously was the bad guy. You know, and I have felt this in my life. It's a real phenomenon, which is to say there are certain people in my life and in everyone's lives that are only happy if they can walk away from any disagreement by saying you were wrong because you're bad and I'm right because I'm the better person. It's not just about resolving an issue. It's some sort of like superiority thing power trip it's about um if they ever lose even on a on a point of, of of disagreement that undermines their theme that they're trying to spin which is that you're a bad person and they're not that you know they're superior to you just as a human being and and, and you know you know these people right i mean they're out there where where you can have a legitimate rational uh, disagreements with some people and maybe even argue and fight and maybe even get angry, maybe even get ugly. And then both people will come around and, um, you know, apologize. Both of them will because they both know that they uh, got a little carried away with their passions and so on. And then there are people where they'll never apologize because uh, even though it was a mutual fight, it was all you because you're the bad person. And uh, when there's a fight, it's be your fault and not theirs. There are people that it's just really, really important to them for some reason. I don't know what it is. We're all dying. We're all heading to the same grave. We're all, we all are severely flawed. I really don't understand these people, but they're out there in, in large numbers, unfortunately, where the only way they can somehow get from day to day is to say there is evil and there is good and I am good and everyone else who disagrees with me is evil. And anytime they have a, a particular person in their life, could be an intelligent person, a sweet person, could be their wife, could be somebody they love, you know, their son, their daughter. But uh, when it's somebody that, that disagrees with them, they're going to say that, you know, I love that person, but they're bad. I love that person, but they're, they're just in the wrong. And anytime we disagree, there they go again, being that bad person that they are. And there are some people that just need to argue that way, need to have disagreements that way. It's always, in the end, it's a resolution of about, it's like a game of chicken. It's a game of uh, who, who, who wins the argument is, is something to do with um, who is better, who is stronger, who is, uh, who is saner. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, I don't agree with any of that. I mean, that's not the way to behave as human beings. That's not the way to behave, uh, uh, to love one another, to, to, to better one another, to get ahead. I mean, obviously, disagreements are a part of life and you have to resolve them. You have to, you know, interact and, uh, and reach conclusions. And, and the only way you resolve is if every side in the end takes some blame. And even if you don't think you were wrong, if you just sort of say, well... 
I will uh, pretend that I'm wrong in order to make some headway with this because I recognize that sometimes I am wrong. And even if on this particular issue, I don't think I am. Sometimes I am and, and I like this person and or I want to make progress and we need to, we need to move on. So, you know, the, the people that, that I love or try to love or try to have in my life are like that. You know, disagreements are not a, a dirty word, fighting even. It's about, uh, you know, really understanding that, you know, people that are smart, people that are passionate are going to have strong opinions. And you can't expect them just to, And it's not about tact or classy. I, I totally disagree with the swear, people that hate swearing. I look, everybody's different. I don't think you should be a foul mouth, but I don't care if you are. I mean, that's who people are. It's their personality. But in the course of an argument, you know, you'd like everybody to remain calm. You'd like nobody to say mean words. But at the end of the day, anybody holding a grudge on that, when you get old enough, man, that's the least of your worries is somebody swears at you or says something mean in an argument. And yet I know lots of people who, no, 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 that's very big and they'll hold on to it forever. Because it's a game of chicken. It's a superiority thing. It's a power trip. And so what I see in the Republicans right now, you see John Voigt, you know, and he's talking about how the Democrats are Satan. Yes, Satan. If they take over, they'll do things in your life that you don't want. It's evil. They're evil. This election, they've stolen this election and it's crooked. And we must fight this battle to the end. There's a difference between, well, I'm sorry I lost. It was close. Maybe there was some dirty pull here and there, but I'm not going to ascribe to that other side the ultimate blame. I'm not going to assume criminal conduct or awfulness. I'm going to accept the reality that, um, you know, they won this time. And it might hurt like it did four years ago very much when Donald Trump won all the crude things he said. And look how it's gone. He's just proven that we were all right. We people who were afraid and were depressed. When he won, we were 100% right. He, he's only been that much more awful. But in the face of defeat, to get on national TV or to tweet internationally, to have other people from his cabinet saying, this is the, the fraud, this is stolen, it's the biggest scam and criminal act in the history of whatever, whatever, to, the, to their 71 or two or however many fucking million people they have now, 73 maybe, getting up to uh, voters for Trump, that, to push that kind of hatred to the other side instead of having the maturity to accept defeat, uh, even though it, it hurts, um, to take it to that level of a game of chicken. No, you're the liar. No, you're the liar. And, you know, it's so ugly. And what you see from the Democrats, you saw it from Lindsey Graham, you see it from Mitch McConnell every day, you see it from Ted Cruz, you know, all the, all the heavy hitters, all the, the all-stars of the right wing. They're just, they despise Democrats. They despised Hillary Clinton. They, they, it starts with women. They despise AOC. They despise uh, Pelosi. You know, there's something about women in politics. Democrats have most of them that are relevant because we are the open party. We're open to race and gender and, you know, international people that are citizens. But, you know, the Republicans are white old men. They really are. They really are for the most part. And... um and the people who aren't are crackpots. They're crackpots. 
There, there are people that believe they, they, if they're a woman, they want to be in the kitchen still, and they're running for Congress so that they can make sure every other woman gets her ass back in the kitchen. It's, it's amazing the level of, of reactionary fear-mongering that they're full of. And that's fine. Look, here's my point. That's what it is to be right-wing. Okay, in today's culture, fine. But the hatred for the people that aren't them, the, the loathing of people that have a difference of opinion and that come from the left, the nastiness, and to the point where they will firmly believe that the Democrats somehow pulled off some mega conspiracy that covered all these states, and yet in some of the states... The Republicans won on all the down ballots and they're, they're taking the Senate still and they gain seats in the House, but Trump lost there, so it must be fixed. That makes no sense. It's illogical it's, it's, and it's so hostile and hateful. And, you know, it's one thing to be on different sides of the tug of war and to have differences of opinion and to have different ideologies, but my God, to accuse the other side of being Satan... And look, if anybody has been Satan, just look at Donald Trump. Anybody with a brain and look around the world, they see Donald Trump. They know what a disgrace he is. You know, he courts dictators. He cages children. He he says that, you know, white supremacists are good people too. Um, you know, they're good people on both sides. He, he just, he staked one after the other claim to... Uh, immorality and disgustingness. And anyone can see that, anyone. That's not about being right or left. This guy so far surpassed the Republican-Democrat difference that it's, it's a joke. And yet, and yet, his party, and not just because he gave them a tax cut or that, people made excuses, I even did. I made excuses like, well, he's giving them their, their, their judges, he's, he's, you know, He's lining up the Supreme Court for him. He's giving him tax breaks, et cetera. You know, he's keeping their businesses. And despite climate change, he's going to keep the, you know, dinosaur fuel industries alive and let them pollute our environment. Still make money, make money, make money, you know. But that's not what this is. Because now that he clearly lost an election and the, the, the entire security of the country is on the line and the integrity of our democratic elective system is on the line, they're all still standing by him. This isn't about what he provides to them. It isn't even about his voters. It isn't about staying in league with those 73 million people or not wanting to cross Trump because he's going to run the party when, even when he steps down. That's not what's going on here. It really isn't. Because when you're faced with patriotism versus, you know, uh, xenophobia, then y you should know the difference, you know, and you should, you should understand that there comes a time where, you know, you've got to stand up for your country over your party and, and the security of your country over, uh, the thoughts of a crazy man. And he's, he's crazy. He's saying crazy things. He's making accusations without any proof, and anyone can see this. The fact that they're standing by him isn't because of his political power. He has none. He's lame duck now. It isn't because of his voters, because they could straighten his voters out, you know? It's because they hate the Democrats. That's the truth. They despise 
Democrats. They always did. They always did. I grew up in the 80s and saw the Reagan Republicans in my neighborhood. He was widely popular. And Republicans have always hated Democrats. They believe that we're taking their money, we're bleeding hearts. They think that we're lazy. They think that we're criminals. They think that just with all the the, the protesting, they you know they spun it so that even our own said, "Oh, they're looting. Oh, they're they're bad. Oh, we got all kinds of Democrats on television now talking down. They should have never said to fund the police. That was the most idiotic thing. What are you talking about? The police are scum, man. They need to fund it absolutely." To fund means you rearrange the funds and take some away from them and put them into other programs like the arts. It means you put some cops out of work. Yeah, it means there are too many of them and they're Nazis and they hurt people. Yes, you defund them. It's a perfectly fine statement. It doesn't mean you shut down the police. It doesn't mean you don't keep the people safe. It means you reorganize them and it means you look at them harshly. You criticize them. To fund whatever. Hey, these are our tax dollars. We're allowed to put them wherever we want. We're not going to pay for them to go around killing us. We're not going to pay for cops to harass and murder us, black or white. That's not their job. And yet the Democrats are saying to fund the police. What a nightmare. What a ridiculous slogan. That's why we didn't. That's why we lost House seats. That's why we, we didn't take over the Senate. Even Claiborne is saying that. I mean, I'm tired of these people in the Democratic Party that are always blaming themselves. That's not the issue. You know what the issue is? The police hate us, especially if we're black. But they hate us. They hate their job. And they think of us as monkeys and scum. And they can't wait to pull a gun on us and shoot us, even as we're bending down to tie a shoe. They can't wait to beat us with a stick. And the Republicans hate us if we're Democrats. They hate the trans people and the gays. They hate women who are smart like AOC, like Hillary Clinton. That's what's going on here. This, we need to stop as Democrats and as sane people blaming ourselves and trying to pinpoint a reason for what's happening. This Trump madness now, post-election, a sound defeat, the fact that they're allowing him to pump out hateful conspiracy theories, and someone's going to get shot. Someone's going to get hurt. Violence is going to erupt. It's only a matter of time. They're allowing him to brainwash millions of people to believe that this is a fraudulent election. They're undermining the country. They're undermining the democratic system here. They're making a, a disgrace of the United States to the world. And they're doing it not because of Trump's power as voters. They're doing it because they hate. They want to win. Lindsey Graham said, "If we, we've got to do away with mail-in balloting or there will never be another Republican president. What does that mean? It means if you let people really vote, if you're not able to suppress the vote, Democrats win. Why? Because the majority of the people in this country support abortion. The majority of the people in this country want greater restrictions on firearms. The majority of the people in this country know that Trump is scum. So yeah, if you make it easier for the majority of the people in this country to vote, the Democrats and their agenda and their ideologies are going to win more because that's the majority of people. 
But we're not saying we're right and you're wrong and you're scum and we want to take you over. I don't hate Republicans. But when I see the way they hate me, when I see the way they behave in the face of a lunatic, maniac, who won't even acknowledge a defeat like a complete dictator setting up for a military coup, which he won't ever be able to carry out, never will. But the fact that he's taking that kind of posture is a disgrace. It's disgusting and it's scary. And they're allowing it and they don't know where it's going. They don't know where the Republican voters are going to go next. They don't know who's going to pick up guns and drive across the country and try to shoot up, you know, voting offices or newspapers or places where Democratic politicians work. They don't know what's going to happen next. And they don't care because they're kind of happy about it. They're kind of happy if Democrats are killed. If Biden got assassinated before he's able to be inaugurated, they'd kind of like that. That's what I believe about the Republicans now. They've left me no choice. When one of their people, John Voigt, says we're Satan, there you go. He said what they're thinking. They're morally superior. They think that they're superior in every way. This isn't a tug of war. This is a game of chicken. This is king of the mountain, and they're going to win, and we're shit. And they believe that the whole country should be run according to their beliefs. It's not a difference of opinion to them. It is right and wrong, and they are right, and we, if we are democratic, are wrong. And worse than that, we are liars and scumbags and criminals and frauds. We're lazy and we want social welfare programs and we want to sit around and do drugs and do prostitution. Meanwhile, the Republicans are the biggest perverts you've ever seen. All the biggest sex scandals happen to the Republicans. But don't talk about that. No, 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 friends. What's going on here is hatred. This is no longer a political system. This isn't a two-party system. This is... uh, Republicans hate Democrats. Democrats don't hate Republicans. They just see them as, wow, what's going on here? It's, ter- it's abuse. Donald Trump has the country held hostage. And unless these Republicans do some negotiating, he's going to hurt somebody. He is holding the entire nation and the safety of every one of its citizens hostage because he lost because he wasn't as well-loved as he thought, because a valid election system proved he was delusional. So what's his response? To be extra delusional, to lash out with abusive, hateful language, and the Republicans are smirking. They're getting a little afraid because they're not quite sure what could happen, but they're kind of hoping it happens because they got the guns. They got the guns. They got the military. They got the police. They feel pretty safe with their hatred. So they're going to let this crazy man maybe destroy the democracy. Hell, they let him stack the Supreme Court in an obscene way, completely hypocritical way. After they shut down Merrick Garland, they let him stack the court. They let him do anything. They kind of like it. When the Democrats are, their legal rights are violated, their constitutional rights are violated, when their lives are threatened, they, they kind of get off on that because they hate us. They hate us. They're abusive pricks who want to squash us. And I've seen them in my life, not just Republicans. I've seen people like this. So I know this. I know it. 
I've seen this. I've been on the other end of this. I know these people. So trust me, they hate us. Now, how are we going to solve this problem? Well, you make them a little afraid. You make them a little afraid about what's going to happen to the country, to their security, to their mansion, to their position. If there is a revolution, you make them a little afraid of what's going to happen if Donald Trump does go wacko, press a button, you know, give up information that makes us vulnerable to other nations. You know what? And how are we going to negotiate with these other nations or have security internationally if we're a big, if we're viewed as a chaotic land of, of, of two raving parties that hate one another? So they're going to have some thinking to do. And in, in the next month or so, I think they're going to step in a little bit and they're going to help resolve this. But it's not going to be easy. Trump's not going anywhere. He's never going to concede. And he's insane. And he's hateful. And they hate us, and they're going to have to deal with that hatred. The Republicans are going to have to face their hatred for the Democrats, swallow their pride a little bit just to get this crazy man out of the White House, to save the country. But I'll tell you what, they don't, they, they don't really want to. Oh, yeah, they want to save the country, but they, they kind of wish that he could take over and crush the Democrats. As Lindsey Graham said, we may never win another election for president if we if we actually let justice and truth and you know the American way hold. But shit, it'll just rub us out. So we've got to we've got to cheat and accuse them of cheating. We've got to lie and accuse them of lying. We've got to hurt them to maintain our power. The laws, the rules. Who cares? We got to maintain our power. We got to stop the bad guy, the Democrat, that enemy, that bad guy. We'll support a, a despot, a lunatic, a dictator, a hateful conspiracy theorist. We'll support him 100% if it stops those evil Democrats from taking over. Hey, got to do what you got to do. Go ahead, crazy man. Now, I do think they're going to step in. I do think they're going to stop it. But don't you think for a minute they're ever going to change. They've always hated us. They always will. They're judgmental, and they believe the world should be like them. And I don't know how you work with them. Look, McConnell's already setting up to, 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 to make it to, so that uh, Biden can even help the economy. He's going to put a stalemate on that. He's doing all kinds of things to set it up so that Biden looks bad in his four years, so that they can take the power back. It's just a power struggle, but it's not a tug of war. It's annihilation. They want to annihilate us. So you can fight fire with fire, as some on the left want to do, AOC, et cetera. But I don't, that's not going to help anything. I don't, I don't, ascribe, I don't uh, ascribe to that. I don't believe in that method of handling hate. I don't think you one-up the hatred. I think you got to diffuse it somehow, but I don't know how. Like I said, it's been there my whole life. The Republicans hate us. They've always have. They just now have the freedom to show it. Trump's given them the freedom to be who they've always been. So how do you diffuse that? I don't know. I don't know. I think the only way is you just win every election. You know, you stick to the truth. You stick to the facts. You stick to intelligence and passion and love and empathy and you get those mail-in ballots out there every election. And you let the people speak more and more and more until these hateful Republicans are wiped away. 
And I know they're going to fight. They're not going to go down easy. But maybe, just maybe, some of them will convert some of their thoughts to be more moderate, to be more kind. Maybe they'll learn to love us a little bit, a tiny bit. Learn to put aside their hatred just a little bit when they get outnumbered. When they keep losing like they did this year in the presidential election, maybe more losses will diffuse their hatred. Maybe what it takes to undermine the hatred of a hateful person is to simply meet them fair and square. They can only kick and scream for so long and eventually they have to look in the mirror and be a better person. Do better. If you want to win, you got to be better. You're going to lose to the better people. You're going to stop hating so much. Then maybe you'll win. Stop being a piece of shit. And maybe people will like you more. That's the lesson we have to teach the Republicans. That they have to be better. That they have to do better. And I think, you know, I think Joe Biden's a perfect guy to teach them that. And I think um, this is going to be a good four years once we get that maniac out of the White House. I love you. Yabba da boop